Chapter twenty five of the Frozen Pirate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Frozen Pirate by William Clark Russell. The Schooner Frees Herself. All day long the weather remained sullen and still and the swell powerful i was on deck at noon looking at an iceberg half a league distant when it overset it was a small berg though large compared with most of the others yet such a mighty volume of foam boiled up as gave me a startling idea of the prodigious weight of the mass the sight made me very anxious about my own state and to satisfy my mind i got upon the ice and walked round the vessel and to get a true view of her posture went to the extreme end of the rocks beyond her bows and finally came to the conclusion that supposing the ice should crumble away from her sides so as to cause the weight of the schooner to render it top-heavy her buoyancy on touching the water would certainly tear her keel out of its frosty setting and leave her floating indeed so sure was i of this that i saw next to the ice splitting and freeing her in that way the best thing that could happen would be its capsizal i regained the ship and had paused an instant to look over the side when i perceived the very block of ice on which i had come to a halt break from the bed with a smart clap of noise and completely roll over only a minute before had i been standing on it and thus had sixty seconds stood between me and death for most certainly must i have been drowned or killed by being beaten against the ice by the swell i fell upon my knees and lifted up my hands in gratitude to god feeling extraordinarily comforted by this further mark of his care of me and very strongly persuaded that he designed i should come off with my life after all since his providence would not work so many miracles for my preservation if i was to perish by this adventure these thoughts did more for my spirits than i can well express and the intolerable sense of loneliness was mitigated by the knowledge that i was watched and therefore not alone the day passed i know not how the shadow as of tempest hung in the air but never a cat's paw did i see to blur the rolling mirror of the ocean the hidden sun sank out of the breathless sky tinging the atmosphere with a faint hectic which quickly yielded to the deepest shade of blackness the mysterious desperate silence however that on deck weighed oppressively on every sense as something false menacing and malignant in these seas was qualified below by the peculiar straining noises in the schooner's hold caused by the swinging of the ice upon the swell i was very uneasy 
i dreaded a gale it was impossible but that the vessel must quickly go to pieces in a heavy sea upon the ice if she did not liberate herself but though this excited a depression melancholy enough nothing else that i can recollect contributed to it when i reviewed the apprehension the frenchman had raised and reflected how unsupportable a burden he must have become i was very well satisfied to be alone time had fortified me i had passed through experiences so surprising encountered wonders so preternatural that superstition lay asleep in my soul and i found nothing to occasion in me the least uneasiness in thinking of the lifeless shrivelled figure of what was just now a fierce cowardly untamed villain lying in the forecastle i made a good supper built up a large fire and mixed myself a hearty bowl of punch not with the view of drowning my anxieties god forbid i was too grateful for the past too expectant of the future to be capable of so brutish a folly but that i might keep myself in a cheerful posture of mind and being sick of my own company took the lanthorn to the cabin lately used by the frenchman and found in a chest there among sundry articles of attire a little parcel of books some in dutch and portuguese and one in english it was a little old volume the author's name not given and proved to be a relation of the writer's being taken by pirates and the many dangers he underwent there was nothing in it to be sure that answered to my own case yet it interested me mightily as an honest unvarnished narrative of sea perils and i see myself now in fancy reading it the lanthorn hanging by a lanyard close beside my head the book in one hand my pipe in the other the furnace roaring pleasantly my feet close to it and the atmosphere of the oven fragrant with the punch that i put there to prevent it from freezing i had come to a certain page and was reading this passage soon after we were on board we all went into the great cabin where we found nothing but destruction two screw-tors i had there were broken to pieces and all the fine goods and necessaries in them were all gone moreover two large chests that had books in them were empty and i was afterwards informed they had been all thrown overboard for one of the pirates on opening them swore there was jaw-work enough as he called it to serve a nation and proposed that they might be cast into the sea for he feared there might be some books amongst them that might breed mischief enough and prevent some of their comrades from going on in their voyage to hell whither they were all bound i say i was reading this passage not a little affected by the impiety of the rascal for whose portrait my dead frenchman might very well have sat 
when i was terrified by an extraordinary loud explosion that burst so near and rang with such a prodigious clear note of thunder through the schooner that i vowed to god i believed the gunpowder below had blown up and in this suspicion i honestly supposed myself right for a moment for on running into the cabin i was dazzled by a crimson flame that clothed the whole interior with a wondrous gush of fire but this being instantly followed by such another clap as the former i understood a thunderstorm had broken over the schooner it was exactly overhead and that accounted for the violence of the crashes which were indeed so extreme that they sounded rather like the splitting of enormous bodies of ice close to than the flight of electric bolts the hatch lay open i ran on deck but scarce had passed my head through the companion when down came a storm of hail every stone as big as a pigeon's egg and in all my time i never heard a more hellish clamour there was not a breath of air the hail fell in straight lines which the fierce near lightning flashed up into the appearance of giant harp-strings on which the black hand of the night was playing those heavy notes of thunder i sat in the shelter of the companion very anxious and alarmed for there was powder enough in the hold to blow the ship into atoms and the lightning played so continuously and piercingly that it was like a hundred darts of fire violet crimson and sun-coloured in the grasp of spirits who thrust at the sea all over its face with swift movement of the arms as though searching for the schooner to spare her the hailstorm ceased as suddenly as it had burst i stepped on to the deck and twas like treading on shingle there was not the least motion in the air and the stagnation gave an almost supernatural character to the thunder and lightning the ocean was lighted up to its furthest visible confines by the flames in the sky and the repeated explosions of thunder exceeded the roaring of the ordnance of a dozen squadrons in hot fight the ice coast in the east and the two score bergs in the north and west leapt out of one hue into another and were my days in this world to exceed those of old abraham i should to my last breath remember the solemn and terrible magnificence of that picture of lightning-coloured ice the sulphur-tinctured shapes of the swollen bodies of clouds bringing their dark electric minds together in a huddle the answering flash of the face of the deep to the lancing of each spiral dazzling bolt with the air as still as the atmosphere of a cathedral for the thunder to roll its echoes through there was a second furious shower of hail and when that was over i looked forth and observed that the storm was settling into the northeast whence i concluded that what draught there might be up there sat in the south-west nor was i mistaken 
for half an hour after the first of the outburst by which time the lightning played weak and at long intervals low down and the thunder had ceased i felt a crawling of air coming out of the southwest which presently briskened into a small steady blowing but not for long it freshened yet and yet the wrinkles crisped into whiteness on the black heavings they grew into small surges with sharp cubbish snarlings preludious of the lion's voice and by ten o'clock it was blowing in strong squalls the seas rising and the clouds sailing swiftly in smoke-coloured rags under the stars the posture of the ice inclined the schooner's starboard bow to the billows and in a very short time she was trembling in every bone to the blows of the surges which rolled boiling over the ice there and struck her flinging dim clouds of spume in the air which soon set the scuppers gushing my case was that of a stranded ship with this difference only that a vessel ashore lies solid to the beating of the waves whereas the ice was buoyant it rose and fell sluggishly it is true and so somewhat mitigated the severity of the shocks of water but spite of this i was perfectly sure that unless the bed broke under her or she slipped off it she would be in pieces before the morning it was not in any hull put together by human hands to resist the pounding of those seas the weight of the mighty ocean along whose breast they raced was in them and though the wind was no more than a brisk gale each billow by its stature showed itself the child of a giantess the ice-bed was like a whirlpool with the leap and flash and play of the froth upon it the black air of the night was whitened by the storms of foam flakes which flew over the vessel the roaring of the broken waters increased the horrors of the scene i firmly believed my time was come god had been merciful but i was to die now as to making any shift to keep myself alive after the ship should be broken up the thought never entered my head what could i do there was no boat i might have contrived some arrangement of booms and casks to serve as a raft but to what purpose how long would it take the wind and sea to freeze me i crouched in the companionway hearkening to the uproar around feeling the convulsions of the schooner fully prepared for death dogged and hopeless no i was not afraid suffering and expectation had brought me to that pass that i did not care tis such an end as hundreds and thousands of sailors have met i remember thinking it is the fittest exit for a mariner i have sinned in my time but the almighty god knows my heart to this tune ran my thoughts 
i held my arms tightly folded upon my breast and with set lips waited for the first of those crashing and rending sounds which would betoken the ruin and destruction of the schooner so passed half an hour then being half perished with the cold i went to the furnace for when the vessel went to pieces it would matter little in what part of her i was and took a dram as a felon swallows a draught on his way to the scaffold were i to attempt to describe the character of the thunderous noises in the ship i should not be believed the seas raised a most deafening roaring as they boiled over the ice and rolled their volumes against the vessel's sides every curl swung a load of broken frozen pieces against the bows and bends and the shocks resounded through her like blows from cyclopean hammers it was as if i had been seated in the central stagnant heart of a small revolving hurricane feeling no faintest sigh of air upon my cheek whilst close around whirled the hellish tormenting conflict of white waters and yelling blasts on a sudden in a breath i felt the vessel rise she was swung up with the giddy velocity of a hunter clearing a tall gate she sank again and there was a mighty concussion forward then a pause of steadiness whilst you might have counted five then a wild upward heave a sort of sharp floating fall a harsh grating along her keel and sides as though she was being smartly warped over rocks followed by an unmistakable free pitching and rolling motion i had sprung to my feet and stood waiting but the instant i gathered by the movements of her that she was released i sprang like a madman up the companion steps the sea breaking on her bow flew in heavy showers along the deck and half blinded me but i was semi-delirious and having sat so long with death's hand in mine was in a passionately defiant mood with a perfect rage of scorn of peril in me and i walked right on to the forecastle giving the flying sheets of water there no heed in a minute a block of sea tumbled upon me and left me breathless the iciness of it cooled my mind's heat but not my resolution i was determined to judge as best i could by the light of the foam of what had happened and holding on tenaciously to whatever came to my hand and progressing step by step i got to the forecastle and looked ahead where the ice was the water tumbled in milk twas four or five ship's lengths distant and i could distinguish no more than that i peered over the lee bow but could see no ice the vessel had gone clear how i knew not and can never know but my own fancy is that she split the bed with her own weight when the sea rose and threw the ice up 
for she had floated on a sudden and the noises which attended her release indicated that she had been forced through a channel i returned aft barely escaping a second deluge and looked over the quarter no ice was there visible to me the vessel rolled horribly and i perceived that she had a decided list to starboard the result of the shifting of what was in her when the ice came away from the main with her and it was this heel that brought the sea washing over the bow i took hold of the tiller to try it but either the helm was frozen immovable or the rudder was jammed in its gudgeons or in some other fashion fixed had she been damaged below was she taking water i knew her to be so thickly sheathed with ice that unless it had been scaled off in places by the breaking of her bed i had little fear until this covering melted or dropped off by the working of the frame of the hull not proving tight i should have been coated with ice myself had i stayed but a little longer in my wet clothes in that piercing wind so i ran below and bringing an armful of clothes from my cabin to the cook-room was very soon in dry attire and making an extraordinary figure i don't question in the buttons lace and fripperies of the old-fashioned garments the incident of the schooner's release from the ice had come upon me so suddenly and at a time too when my mind was terribly disordered that i scarce realized the full meaning of it until i had shifted myself and fortified my heart with a dram and got warm in the glow of the furnace by this time she had fallen into the trough and was labouring like a cask that she would prove a heavy roller in a seaway a single glance at her fat buttocks and swelling bilge might have persuaded me but i never could have dreamt she would wallow so monstrously the oscillation was rendered more formidable by her list and there were moments when i could not keep my feet she was shipping water very freely over her starboard rail but this did not much concern me for the break of the poop deck kept the after part of the vessel indifferently dry and the forecastle and main hatches were well secured but there was one great peril i knew not how to provide against i mean the flotilla of icebergs in the north and west they lay in a long chain upon the sea and though to be sure there was no doubt a wide channel between each through which it might have been easy to carry a ship under control yet there was every probability of a vessel in the defenceless condition of the schooner without a stitch of sail on her and under no government of helm than a fixed rudder being swept against one of those frozen floating hills when indeed it would be good night to her and to me too for after such a catastrophe the sun would never rise for me or her again meanwhile 
i was crazy to ascertain if the schooner was taking in water if there was a sounding rod in the ship i did not know where to lay my hands upon it but he is a poor sailor who is slow at substitutes there were several spears in the arms-room piratical plunder no doubt with mere spikes for heads like those weapons used by the kaffirs and other tribes in that country they were formed of a hard heavy wood i took a length of rat-line line and secured it to one of these spears and carried it on deck with the powder-room bull's-eye lamp but when i probed the sounding-pipe i found it full of ice and as it was impossible to draw the pumps i flung my ingenious sounding-rod down in a passion of grief and mortification yet was i not to be beaten such was my temper had the devil himself confronted me i should have defied him to do his worst for i had made up my mind to weather him out i entered the forecastle lanthorn in hand prized open the hatch and dropped into the hold it needed an experienced ear to detect the sobbing of internal waters amid the yearning gushes the long gurgling washings the thunderous blows and shrewd rain-like hissings of the seas outside i listened with strained hearing for some minutes but distinguished no sounds to alarm me with assurance of water in the hold i could not mistake i hearkened with all my might but the noise was outside i thanked god very heartily and got out of the hold and put the hatch on there was no need to go aft and listen the schooner was by the head and there could be no water in the run that would not be forward too being reassured in respect of the staunchness of the hull i returned to the fire and proceeded to equip myself for a prolonged watch on deck whilst i was drawing on a great pair of boots i heard a knocking in the after part of the vessel i supposed she had drifted into a little field of broken ice and that she would go clear presently and i finished arming myself for the weather but the knocking continuing i went into the cabin where i heard it very plain and walked as far as the lazarette hatch where i stood listening the noises were a kind of irregular thumping accompanied by a peculiar grinding sound in a moment i guessed the truth rushed on deck and by the dim light in the air saw the long tiller mowing to and fro the beat of the beam seas had unlocked the frozen bonds of the rudder and there swung the tiller as though like a dog the ship was wagging her tail for joy the vessel lay along rolling so as to bring her starboard rail to a level with the sea her main deck was full of water and the froth of it combined with the ice that glazed her made her look like a fabric of marble as she swung on the black fold ere it broke into snow about her 
i seized the tiller and ran it over hard a starboard and i had not held it in that posture half a minute when to my inexpressible delight i observed that she was paying off her head fell slowly from the sea she lurched drunkenly and some tons of black water rolled over the bulwarks she reeled consumedly to larboard and rose squarely and ponderously to the height of the surge that was now abaft the beam in a few moments she was dead before it the helm amidships the wind blowing sheer over the stern with half its weight seemingly gone through the vessel running the tall seas chasing her high stern and floating it upwards till looking forward was like gazing down the slope of a hill my heart was never fuller than then i was half crazy with the passion of joy that possessed me consider the alternations of hope and bitter despair which had been crowded into that night we may wonder in times of security that life should be sweet and admit the justice of the arguments which several sorts of writers and the poets even more than the parsons use in defence of death but when it comes to the pinch human nature breaks through when the old man in aesop calls upon death to relieve him and the skeleton suddenly rises the old man changes his mind and thinks he will go on trying for himself a little longer i liked to live and had no mind for a wet shroud and this getting the schooner before the wind along with the old familiar feeling of the decks reeling and soaring and sinking under my feet was so cordial an assurance of life that i tell you my heart was full to breaking with transport however i was still in a situation that made prodigious demands upon my coolness and wits the wind was south-west the schooner was running northeast the bulk of the icebergs lay on the larboard bow but there were others right ahead and to starboard where also lay the extremity of the island though i did not fear that if i could escape the rest it was a dark night methinks there should have been a young moon curled somewhere among the stars but she was not to be seen the clouds flew dark and hurriedly and the frosty orbs between were too few to throw a light the ocean ahead and around was the duskier for the spectral illumination of the near foam and the glimmer of the ice-coated ship i tested the vessel with the tiller and found she responded but dully she would be nimbler under canvas no doubt but it was enough that she should answer her helm at all oh i say i was mighty thankful most humbly grateful my heart was never more honest to its maker than then she crushed along pitching pitifully the dark seas on either hand foaming to her quarters and her rigging querulous with the wind 
had the frenchman been alive to steer the ship i might have found strength enough for my hands in the vigour of my spirit to get the spritsail yard square and chop its canvas loose nay i might have achieved more than that even but i could not quit the tiller now i reckoned our speed at about four miles an hour as fast as a hearty man could walk the high stern narrow as it was helped us it was like a mizzen in its way and all aloft being stout to start with and greatly thickened yet by ice the surface up there gave plenty for the gale to catch hold on and so we drove along i could just make out the dim pallid loom of the coast of ice upon the starboard beam and a blob or two of faintness most elusive and not to be fixed by the eye staring straight at them on the larboard bow but it was not long before these blobs as i term them grew plainer and half a score swam into the dusk over the bowsprit end and resembled dull small visionary openings in the dark sky there or like stars magnified and dimmed into the merest spectral light by mist i passed the first at a distance of a quarter of a mile it slided by phantasmally and another stole out right ahead this i could have gone widely clear of by a little shift of the helm but whilst i was in the act of starboarding three or four bergs suddenly showed on the larboard bow and i saw that unless i had a mind to bring the ship into the trough again i must keep straight on so i steered to bring the berg that was right ahead a little on the bow with a prayer in my soul that there might be no low-lying block in the road for the schooner to split upon it went by within a pistol shot i was very much accustomed to the sight of ice by this time yet i found myself glancing at this mass with pretty near as much wonder and awe as if i had never seen such a thing before it was not above thirty feet high but its shape was exactly that of a horse's head the lips sipping the sea the ears cocked the neck arching to the water you would have said it was some vast courser rising out of the deep the peculiar radiance of ice trembled off it like a luminous mist into the dusk the water boiled about its nose and suggested a frothing caused by the monster steed's expelled breath let a fire have been kindled to glow red where you looked for the eye and the illusion would have been frightfully grand the poet speaks of the spirits of the vasty deep if you want to know what exquisite artists they are enter the frozen silences of the south thus threading my way i drove before the seas and wind striking a piece of ice but once only and that a small lump which hit the vessel on the bow and went scraping past doing the fabric no hurt but often forced 
to slide perilously close by the bergs i needed twenty instead of one pair of eyes with ice already on either bow on a sudden it would glimmer out right ahead and i had to form my resolution on the instant if ever you have been amid a pack of icebergs on a dark night in a high sea you will understand my case if not the pen of a fielding or a defoe could not put it before you for what magic has ink to express the roaring of swollen waters bursting into tall pale clouds against the motionless crystal heights the mystery of the configuration of the faintness under the swarming shadows of the flying night the sudden glares of breaking liquid peaks the palpitating darkness beyond the plunging and rolling of the ship making her rigging ring upon the air with the reeling of her masts the gradual absorption of the solid mass of dim lustre by the gloom astern the swift spectral dawn of such another light over the bows with many phantasmal outlines slipping by on either hand like a procession of giant ocean spectres travelling white and secretly towards the silent dominions of the pole half this ice came from the island the rest of it was formed of bergs too tall to have ever belonged to the north end of that great stretch it took three hours to pass clear of them and then i had to go on clinging to the tiller and steering in a most melancholy famished condition for another long half-hour before i could satisfy myself that the sea was free but now i was nearly dead with the cold i had stood for five hours at the helm during all which time my mind had been wound up to the fiercest tension of anxiety and my eyes felt as if they were strained out of their sockets by the searching of the gloom ahead and nature having done her best gave out suddenly and not to have saved my life could i have stood at the tiller for another ten minutes the gear along the rail was so iron hard that i could not secure the helm with it so i softened some lashings by holding them before the fire and finding the schooner on my return to be coming round to starboard i helped her by putting the tiller hard a port and securing it i then went below built up the fire lighted my pipe and sat down for warmth and rest end of the schooner frees herself